On this episode of Exactly How, we're going to show you how to profit off one house in three different ways, how to never have to visit a house that isn't going to lead to a closing, and how to make money in real estate in ways that you've never thought of on this episode of Exactly How. You're listening to the Exactly How podcast, where you'll hear the underground, closely guarded wealth building secrets of successful people around the globe. Discover exactly how to improve your mental, physical, and financial health. Feel better, make more money, live, give, and prosper. In today's exciting, fast-paced world, filled with opportunity for those who know exactly how. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Connected Investors Podcast, Exactly How. During this episode, you're going to discover exactly how to make money off beautiful homes in beautiful neighborhoods. As a real estate investor, you always see people buying those ugly houses. That's not what this is about. You don't have to trample through disgusting houses. You can make a living in real estate off beautiful houses. For those of you who are new, my name is Ross Hamilton, today's host and CEO of ConnectedInvestors.com and PrivateLenders.com. And today we have the privilege to learn from a gentleman who's really an industry leader and has helped create uh, so many industry leaders. He's, uh, dare I say, the guru's guru. I don't like using that word, but... That's, uh, he's, he's been in the industry for a long time and influenced a lot of people that influence a lot of people. So it's very exciting for you to get to learn directly from the source. Prior to his career in real estate, he worked in a service station and all of that changed when his washing machine broke and he couldn't afford to buy a new one for his wife. He knew there had to be a better way. He went to a few real estate web seminars and figured it out. I would describe our guest as someone who has incredible drive and focus. His name is Ron Legrand, and today he's going to explain exactly how to profit off pretty houses. Ron, thanks for chatting with me. This is really exciting. My pleasure, sir. Yeah, you know, when I uh, the little introduction there, you were actually uh, my mentor's mentor. So it's... Uh, <laughs> I am just that old, Ross, yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Now, um, Ron, before we jump into uh, how to profit off pretty houses, you contribute a lot of your success to staying focused. And you, yes. you often say less is more. Why do you think that's played such a huge role in your success? Well, I have a whole book called The Less I Do, The More I Make, and that's what it's all about. I've been at this for, oh, 37 years now and have done, gosh, I don't even know, quit counting 12 years ago, 3,000 houses. And it took me a long, long time to learn that the only way you're going to make any real money is to get out of your own way and delegate everything you can and let other people do all the work while you do all the thinking and making the decisions. That's hard for a man to do because we're all control freaks. So it, uh, when I started thinking like that, things started changing and I started getting a, a lot more money in and working less. And today, frankly, I don't want to do anything, Ross. I, I, I really don't. Uh, I, I'm making decisions I still do to some degree, but any business that I have is delegated, to, uh, work is all delegated to somebody else. And fortunately today in the uh, real estate investing business, uh, we spent a lot of years putting that in place as well. So uh, it's never been easier to make money in real estate than it is right now. And I've been through five or six different cycles and uh, including the 08 cycle, which uh, created a havoc for a lot of people in this country, but didn't take us out. So here we are in a great market and great times, but um, still buying houses to this very day. Yeah. Yeah. The less I do, the more I make. I think I saw a t-shirt that someone was wearing once. They went to one of your events and I was like, I like that shirt a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I talked to a lot of different people about, uh, 
what, what does it mean to be a CEO, whether you're the CEO of a tech company, a real estate company? And the only answer I've ever got that I like is similar to what you just said. You know, being the CEO, you, know, you assemble a team, right? The CEO doesn't build the business. They build the team. The team builds the business. Correct. Just being that machine builder is, uh, you know, building a machine is, is super important. So it sounds like you've really taken that all the way through in your real estate investing business. So, and, all my, and all my other businesses as well. Yeah, actually, I think I, I ate uh, a, a steakhouse you had a while back or uh, something crazy like that out in, in Florida. Is that where it is or was? Well, I still have a restaurant, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you've been, you, you've been in and out of a lot of businesses. And the only way you can do that, for those of you who, who look at people that have a lot of different businesses, uh, their core talent sets lie in some of the stuff that Ron uh, and I just described. They're not the ones there working. Any business takes a lot of focus, needs someone's mind on that. So, Ron, we're going to jump in here in just a second, but I want to let all of our, uh, anyone on the line here who's new really understand what makes the Connected Investors exactly how Financial Freedom Podcast different is every episode comes with a detailed action plan and notes. So if you're driving, you don't have to worry about taking notes. You just have to visit exactlyhow.com and we'll have all of the notes step-by-step -step listed out for you. The free gifts as well that I'm going to give you and Ron is generously offered mm -hmm. to give you as well. And everything else you need from this show and all of our past shows can be found at exactlyhow.com. So definitely visit that website. We're also going to give away our flagship $3,000 software that helps you locate deeply discounted properties across the United States. And there is a filter in there to only search for pretty houses. So maybe some of the stuff that we talk about here will tie right in with the software we're going to give. If you're watching this on YouTube Live or Facebook Live, visit exactlyhow.com right now. Throw your name into the hat. Maybe you'll be the lucky winner. All right, Ron, before we jump into the steps on profiting off pretty houses, can you explain, you know, I mean, it might seem self-explanatory, but uh, a pretty house versus a normal house. I mean, what are the big differences here? All right. Well, there's two sides to our business. Most people come in, uh, either want to buy uh, junkers and wholesale them or buy them and fix them up and retail them like they do on television. That's the ugly house side of the business, as I call it. That business requires you to get a good price and uh, a raise capital if you're going to fix it and uh, flip it if you're not. And nothing wrong with that side of the business. I did thousands of deals. Uh, in that, in fact, the first deal I ever did in 1982 was a quick little wholesale deal that made me $3,000, which got me in this business. Hey, that, was the years, year, that, that was the year I was born, by the way. <laughs> well, I was, already, I was already married for 17 years by that time. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so um, over the years, I discovered the other side of the business, which is what we call the pretty house business. It's actually the terms business, which is the opposite of the ugly house business. We deal in beautiful houses in beautiful neighborhoods that don't need any work or very little, but it's not all about the price. It's about the terms. So basically we seek out sellers who are willing to take a monthly payment until we can pay them off sometime in the future. And if they're willing to do that and their house is in good condition, then we buy it on terms, which means either we buy it with a wraparound mortgage or deed of trust, or we take over the debt subject to the underlying loan, or we lease it with an option to buy, giving us the right to sublease it and put a tenant buyer in the house. It's really a totally different business. It's got a lot of advantages over the wholesale and the rehab business. Uh, one meaning residual income that just keeps on coming for years after we do the deal. Unlike wholesaling and rehabbing where I get one check and I'm done and I pay maximum taxes and I'd have no uh, future revenue coming from any of those properties. Now I'm not gonna 
I'm certainly not going to downgrade it. There's nothing wrong with getting a check. Trust me, I, I spent a lot of years where that's all I did was go get a check, but then I had to go get another check and another check and another check. And, um, you know, over time, I learned all I did was, um, you know, get into a business that I was a slave to. And if I didn't get up and go to work every day, I didn't get paid. In the pretty house business, I get paid up front because I install uh, tenant buyers in the house and get large non-refundable deposits from them which applied to their down payment. But gosh, they started $10,000 and go up. And I won't do a deal for less than a $20,000 upfront non-refundable deposit. And that's only about a $200,000, $250,000 house. So my first payday is getting those deposits. And the higher price house we deal in, the bigger that deposit. So the more money I put in my pocket. So when I can get in the house with seller financing, with a little or nothing down, and we do that most of the time, then I get to keep the difference between what I collect from a tenant buyer and what I have to give the seller. But equally as important, my payment to the seller is always lower than my rent from my tenant buyer. So I also get that monthly spread, which we call residual income that comes in, whether you get out of bed in the morning or not. And then on the back end, we, we you know, I, I don't buy the properties for top retail price, but I don't need that big of a discount from the seller, uh, which makes it more appealing to them while, all the junker folks are out there trying to steal houses. I can pay them pretty close to retail price as long as they're willing to accept a monthly payment, which is the minority, not the majority. But gosh, how many deals do you need a month, especially when you're popping deposits of twenty to $50,000 on a regular basis? On the back end, when they cash out, if they cash out, we get the benefit of the debt pay down between now and then, which could be several years from now. So uh, plus we get, usually we uh, sell it for, considerably more than we paid for it. So we get that, the back end uh, equity that we created the, the day we got in. And then um, if they don't buy the house and they move, that front end deposit is non-refundable. So then we go put another tenant buyer in there and start all over. And uh, it's clear in writing that that tenant buyer is gonna lose that deposit if they do not buy uh, the property and move. So if yeah. they do buy, it's credited toward their down payment. But if they don't buy, they lose it. And we close with an attorney Everything is disclosed, properly documented, so they really have no claim on it if they decide to go. And the truth is, Ross, this is going to be hard to believe, but at least 80% of the tenant buyers I put in houses never buy the house. 80%? About 80%, yeah. Walking away from that 20, it's like a, it sounds like a farm, Ron. <laughs> well. You just get these, uh, these, these checks that come in, and then they leave, and you throw someone else in there, you get another big check, and you're paying yeah. down the debt on the house, so yeah. you're making more money. That's the point. Yeah, there's a lot of streams of income. It goes on for years. Plus, I get long-term capital gains, which means half the taxes when they do buy. And then maybe you and I will do another podcast one day, and we'll talk about how to avoid those taxes forever and never pay taxes on when you sell, when you sell real estate. Uh, so there's an awful lot of advantages. And then you got depreciation and all those other goodies that come along when you own these properties and instead of just flipping them and getting a check. <clears throat> now, again, I got nothing wrong with flipping them and getting checks but I'd rather keep the goose alive because the longer that goose is living, the more money that property is going to produce for doing the job once. The golden goose keeps laying those eggs. <laughs> nice. No, I like that a lot. And it's, you know, for anyone who's out there, who's actively flipping, who's working really hard, or you're coming across deals that you don't really know how to structure. I think uh, the next, you know, 20, 30 minutes of Ron and I going through this is going to put a new tool in your tool belt to where you find a deal, they're motivated, but you don't know how to talk to them. Ron's going Ron's gonna to break that down into, uh, into five steps during, the, during this episode. And Ron said a bunch of, 
uh, he used a lot of terminology that you may not understand. We'll make sure to define all the terminology he, uh, he talked about at exactlyhow.com. You'll be able to find his episode and his free gift. Ron, you have a, uh, a great book and you're giving away a free chapter of that. Is that, is that the gift? No. Okay. I'm giving, I'm giving away the whole book. You're giving away the whole book. Yeah. Oh, great. And, and plus a, a video, a lesson on exactly what we're talking about for beginners. And um, the, the book is called How to Be a Quick Start, uh, Quick Start Real Estate Millionaire in Any Economy. And now it's on audio, so you can actually listen to it. And of course, you can uh, download it and read it if you want to as well. So uh, the, the book itself is a whole 17-chapter seminar on what we're talking about. Great. Well, thank you for providing that to our members. Go to exactlyhow.com right now while it's on your mind. Go ahead and grab that book. Um, this is a, a tremendous value that he's, he's providing for our members here. All right, Ron, um, we're going to jump into the exactly how portion of this. Before we started, uh, we broke this down into five steps. If you can just outline those five steps, and then let's start with step number one. Well, the first step is locating prospects, as it is in any business, because frankly, if we don't do that, we don't need to worry about the other four steps because we have no business, regardless of what product or service you sell. You first got to locate people that have interest in it. In our terms world, we only deal with FISBOs. We don't deal with realtors. If it's listed, we're out. So we're dealing with for sale by owners, and there's thousands and thousands of them in every city in the country. And it starts with the ones that advertise their property online. And we have a whole floor of virtual assistants here at Global Publishing, where we're at in Jacksonville. And those virtual assistants call those sellers and fill out a property information sheet. And that information sheet is then sent to our student. So we do that grunt work for them so they don't have to do it. Oh, wow. at the beginning of the automation. So when they get this sheet, now the next thing they got to do is pick up our script. We have a simple script to call these sellers and determine whether they're in or out on taking a monthly payment. If um, they give us the right answers when we ask them the simple questions, then we make an appointment, even have a script of that. Then we go to the house and uh, the whole goal is to get it under contract with, uh, with terms. And so, um, the first step is locating these prospects. That's just one way. I've got a whole bunch yeah. of ways to get into those prospects, but that's the simplest one than one most people start with because they don't have to do the work. Just make a few phone calls a week. And we get to the house, we get a contract. Uh, well, we, we've already located and we've already uh, pre-screened the prospect by making that one phone call. So now we got to get to the house. Now here's the key before we talk about that. I asked the seller questions. The question answers, I mean, the seller uh, answers my questions and the seller is making me an offer. We don't make offers. We ask questions. The sellers make us an offer. Would you like to hear that script? Yeah, I'd love to. You want to be my seller? Sure. Are you in a seller mood today? Or are you going to be a pain in the next seller? You know, I got to get out of town. So <laughs> all right, good. I tried to list. It didn't work. All right. You're my kind of guy. So you ready? Yep. Keep in mind, I've already got this property information sheet. I know all the facts about the house. I don't need to go through all that again. So I'm going to call you up and I'm going to say, Hey Ross, uh, this is Ron. You, discuss, uh, you uh, discussed your house with my assistant yesterday, and uh, I've got all the information here. Uh, you got a minute? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, listen, uh, my information says that you, uh, you were asked if you would be interested in taking a monthly payment until we could pay you off in full, and uh, you answered yes. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Well, if you'll give me the answer to just a few questions, I can determine whether to come out to your house or not, and before I leave, we'll know whether we can work together or not, okay? Sounds good. All right. Well, if we can't agree on the terms, once we get to the house, what is the least you could take for the house, Ross? Well, you know, I listed it for sale. Um, 
without an agent because I didn't want to pay an agent fee. Right. So I don't, I don't blame you. I mean, if, you know, if I had to, I can probably take, you know, 6% ish off that, that, that agent fee was really all the money I had, I had in the house to get, to get moving. Okay. Well, you're asking two fifty for it. So what you're telling me, then you can knock $15,000 off that one. No problem. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so is that the best you can do? Yeah, it's the best I can do. All right. Well, um, we usually buy with nothing down. Okay. Um, what do you mean? Well, we usually buy with nothing down. You should know that we'll pay all your closing costs. We will close whenever you're ready. And by the way, you don't have to be out of the house if you don't want to. Sometimes people want to stay in there longer, which is a benefit they don't get when they sell normally. We'll take the house as is. There won't be anybody coming out to inspect it. I'll come out and take a look at it. I, you know, I buy houses all the time. If it's livable, I'm certainly I'm going to buy it. And we pay all the closing costs. And whether you know it or not, that's several thousand dollars. And if you sell to me, uh, you will get more net out of the property than any other way you sell it. But usually we buy them with nothing down. Okay? Okay. All right. All right. So um, I see you have a payment on it of 1422. I will take care of that payment until we actually get you paid off. All right? All right. All right. So when will be a good time to look? How about tomorrow, this time? All right. Are uh, you uh, married? Are you the only owner? I'm married. All right, good. Um, I would need to get both of you there when I come, okay? All right. All right, one last question. If I come out and we agree on terms and I like the house, uh, are you ready to sell your house now and get some paperwork done while I'm there? Yeah, I sure am. Okay. Well, I'll see you at 6 o'clock tomorrow evening. Then. All right, great. I just read you the script, the million-dollar script, that will determine quickly whether we're going to do business together or not. So if you're ready, we'll know it right now, won't we? So mm -hmm. I just pre-screened pre you. And who constructed whom the offer? You told me what you would take. Yeah. You made me the offer. Now, of course, I'm not, we're not done yet. When I get out yeah, of the exactly. house, we're going to fix it. So now I have enough information to know that I need to come to your house. It's really just that simple. I mean, you asked some, some really good questions there. Yeah. Um, just working it backwards, making sure that my wife was going to be there. Correct. There's no bigger waste of time than to go out and talk to one half. I, I'm and, not going to trust you to explain it to her. I can tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I can't get a contract signed unless you're both there. Yeah. And the exactly. fourth step is to follow up, and that is getting the contract signed. And, of course, the fifth step is getting it closed. Close quickly. So those are the five steps. It's all systemized. So I got to make a phone call and I got to make a visit and I'm done with the buying part of the house. The rest is done by my attorney. Send the documents to them and they do the rest. I like having the, uh, the assistant do the pre-screen because you're going to get a lot of people, like you said, that aren't going to necessarily want to take the monthly payments because they can't for one reason or another. But with the information that Ron just kind of broke down to you, they're going through the masses of asses, right? right. And you're, you're talking to people who have kind of raised their hands. Yep. And the questions that Ron uh, laid out there, just pre-screens them one more time so he's not wasting his time. And when he goes out there, he knows he's talking to someone ready, willing, and able to... I was good to got the house bought before I leave my desk. Yeah, exactly. You're pretty much going there just to yeah. shake hands and you know, look around the property a little bit. So how many trips do you think I made wasting my time before I figured that out, Ross? <laughs> a lot. Because when people get excited, they want to talk to anyone. <laughs> That's right. They do. Oh, you want to sell? I'll be there. I'll be there in a minute. There's no need. No need. Now, so now I want to get this under contract, depending on when the seller wants to get out, if they're not already. 
And now it's just a matter of getting it closed, but then put it right back on the market on a lease purchase, which is 70% of the market. My, my clients are 70% of the market looking to buy a house, but can't qualify a loan at the bank. These are the folks I cater to. So if they mm -hmm. got a good down payment and I can think they can make the monthly payment, I'll hand them the keys three days after I meet them and then let them stay in there until they decide to move or uh, to buy. Again, sometimes that could be a lot of years from now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ron, do you have a little bit of time to kind of go over the other side of, of the transaction? Yeah, yeah, the selling side. It's even easier than the buying side. All right, let's hear it. So we get the house on the market. We put signs in front of it. We run some ads and we run some Facebook stuff as well. I have my VA build the flyer with the photos on it and description of the house and all of that. We, uh, the advertising we do, which isn't much, drives calls into a 24-hour answering service to take the calls from the buyers or the so-called buyers. There's a short script that the answering service uses, which basically asks them what's the most you can put down and what's the most you can pay per month. Answering service sends that information to you, the buyer, and then you decide whether they're worthy of calling or not. For example, if they got $2,000 down, I, I have nothing to put them in. I'm not even going to call them. I don't even want them on the buyer's list. But they call me and they say they got $20,000 down, then, of course, they're going to get a call. And a few more questions we ask them then before we even send them to the house, which I want to know how much they really can put down because when they call my service, they're lying. They always got more money than they say. And I want to know how much they can pay per month. And frankly, right now, that's all I care about, Ross, because if I'm selling a $250,000 house and they don't have at least twenty grand. Uh, there's no reason to give them the lockbox code to the house. Mm -hmm. If they have the information that I want, I'll give them the lockbox code. So the few that actually go through the house, now they will call me back. And uh, of course, we will follow up on them as well. And then um, I've already got their information. So if they want the house, I'm just going to send it out to a company that I use to check them out a little bit. Next day, I get the report back. If I like what I see, then we have a meeting. And that's where I try to get them up on the down and up on the payment. And um, if I, everything goes well during that meeting, which it will, because I won't have the meeting until I already know what I'm dealing with, yep. then I'll set up the appointment with the attorney to close the lease option agreement a couple of days later. Uh, they'll go in front of the attorney and they'll get the keys and he'll get the deposit and send it to me. So simple I, as that. I like that you use an attorney to close your lease options. It makes it feel a lot more Absolutely. like a real estate closing. Absolutely. And keeps you out of trouble, keeps the paperwork done properly, lets you sleep better at night. And it, and it lets the tenant buyer sleep better at night because they do know it was professionally done. Everything disclosed. And uh, again, the deposit is non-refundable. That's one thing you better make darn sure is disclosed in writing and signed off on in blood. Then they'll have no claim if they decide to move later. Yeah. Now, it seems like this model, you don't like to work with realtors. Realtors would just kind of get in the way and muck things what up. Use, what am I going to use realtors for? If you have a house that, that it's listed for lease option and a realtor calls you up and says, hey, I have someone who's potentially interested. Well, that rarely happens, but if that's the okay, case, they pay, they pay the commission. I'm not going to pay it. I don't need the realtors to sell the houses. We'll be in and out of the house in far less than 30 days. Gotcha. I don't need a realtor in it. Gotcha. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was a fantastic breakdown of this. And actually, we did a, at exactlyhow.com, we did a, a full 35-minute training on lease options. However, I think uh, some of the information that Ron just gave you breaks it down, uh, you know, maybe more concisely than we did on our, on our past episode. Mm -hmm.
because I love how you, you close with an attorney. It's a lot of the uh, information we went over on the, the previous one on lease options was showing people how to do it, the disclosure you'll, fees. you love it even more that the tenant buyer pays the attorney's fee. <laughs> we don't pay it. They pay it. They bring it in. They bring in the attorney's fee with the rest of their down payment and the first month's rent when they go see the attorney. And by the way, they're responsible for 100% of the repairs as well, the entire term of their option. Wow. So I give them a 30-day guarantee on the systems, which are in excellent condition already. And then from there on, no repairs. Don't call me. Call the plumber. Yeah. So, guys, lease options, Ron, were a, a huge portion of my upbringing in the real estate game as well. And what I loved is what he just said. I didn't have to do any repairs to the house unless it hit a certain threshold. If there was a, a big repair over $5,000, um, I would step in. But it sounds like Ron was probably like, sorry. If Remember, we're dealing with gorgeous houses and gorgeous neighborhoods. If there comes, comes along a big repair, it is their responsibility, just like as if they owned it. But, yeah. you know, that's not saying we won't work out something if it really comes to the point to where um, we, we, I need to get involved. But make it clear up front, close with an attorney. We don't get those calls. Yeah, I've had, a, I've had a couple of tenants in houses for over 11 years, and I haven't heard from them since. I mean, they paid her rent. I haven't gotten a single call from them in 11 years. I think the houses are still there. We're still getting the rent. I haven't seen them <laughs> in 11 years. I don't care as long as they keep paying rent. What do I care? Yeah. Well, great. Hey, Ron, outside of real estate, is it uh, what are what are some of your hobbies? You like, you like to fish? Is that what I saw? Well, I love to fish. I just came back from Alaska here about three weeks ago, fishing, killing fish. I love to kill fish. I don't necessarily like to fish. I, wherever I go, fish <laughs> die. All right. And I just got off a cruise to um, Italy and France and so forth. So believe me, um, we, we get a lot of downtime in there whenever we want. And uh, now I've got a big old fancy uh, fifth wheel and a new pickup truck to pull it with. So we're, we're campers. So we've got a lot of things going on. Yeah. Well, Ron, let me ask you a question. What do you think your life would be like if your washing machine never stopped working and you never, and you never found real estate? How many times do you think I've asked myself that question? In fact, 1982, when I went to my first seminar, I had to make a decision as to whether to miss my hero, J.R. Ewing, on Dallas or not. Now, I know <laughs> you don't remember that show. You were just born, but J.R. was my hero. Oh, yeah. The missing was a big deal. And you know, how many times do you think I've asked myself, what if I had watched JR that night? I mean, yeah. hundreds of thousands of lives would have been affected, if not millions by now. Because like you said, I've trained the people who train the people. So obviously the same thing has taken effect with my students. My students begat students who begat students who begat students. I've been around so long they call me Moses. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Moses. Um, are you ready for the rapid fire portion of this podcast? I'm ready for whatever you can throw at me, Chief. All right. And uh, again, if you're just listening to this on the podcast, go over to YouTube as well because you can see some different, uh, some different elements of this show. Ron, you have a lot of, a lot of uh, what, awards behind you. Where, are, are we in your office here? Oh, yeah. I got all kinds of things. There's a picture right there of the Trumpster and me. Oh, man. Yeah. And by the way, uh, his hair is real if anybody's wondering. And I, you know, I got all kinds of awards and stuff hanging around here. I'm sure our listeners don't care about my awards. Oh, man. I just try to tease them with some visual cues so they go to our YouTube. Yeah. Right? All well, right. I got hundreds of videos on YouTube as well. Good, good. All right. All kinds of lessons. Here's a, here's a rapid fire section. On a right. scale of one to 10, how strict were your parents? Uh, five. Get up early or stay up late? 
They did not stay up late, and uh, they did get up early. No, you. Do you get up early or stay up late? I get up late and stay up late. There you go. How many hours of sleep do you get a night? Six. Favorite or most recent book that you read? Uh, I don't remember because I'm always reading something. i got a stack of them about that high that I need to get to, but um, God, I've read so many books on so many diverse subjects, I can't answer that one. Pass. All right. If you can be any superhero, who would it be? Superhero. I don't know. I don't have superheroes. Someone, someone from Dallas? Now I remember. Uh, uh, JR was my hero back then, yeah. There you go. I, I asked this question to a, to a gentleman, and uh, he said Warren Buffett. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, what is something that everyone should do less of? Grunt work, minutia. Worthless things that lead to nowhere, and everybody's guilty of it. And it's hard to fix, but in time you can. What is something everyone should do more of? Uh, sit back and make decisions and let other people do what they do best and get the heck out of their way. Will people visit Mars in your lifetime? No. I'm 73 years old. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Bitcoin, bang or bust? Um, I don't know. I've got better things to think about than what's going to happen to Bitcoin. I don't own any. And frankly, I, I don't know enough about it to what I want to invest in it or not. I like to invest in things that I'm in control of. And that would be real estate of all kinds, residential and commercial. There you go. Well, thank you so very much for jumping on the podcast here, Ron. This has been a very eye-opening episode. And um, I'm excited to have introduced you to all, of our, to all of our members. So if you're still here, congratulations. You made it to the end of the show. Most people don't finish what they start whether it's a podcast or a book, but you're still here, which means Ron and I brought you some real value. So make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up, comment, just say hello. Your interaction really uh, drives us. And if you're on YouTube or on Facebook, don't think someone else is going to comment. I want you to comment below. Just say hello. Tell us something you learned. Let us know what you want us to talk about next. We have a lot of uh, fantastic episodes that you can uh, binge on at exactlyhow.com and some more great episodes coming up soon. So, Ron, thanks again for being on. Thank you. See you soon. All right. The Connected Investors app connects you with investors, notifies you of available properties, helps locate cash buyers, and secure private funding to close deals. Set up in seconds to become a member of the Connected Investors social network. Now you can scroll through your main feed to find cash buyers, see investment properties not available to the general public, and network with investors by adding your own comments to a thread to keep the conversation going. The Control Center is your connection to add properties to sell, start new discussions, connect with local investors, and even find private funding. The Notifications tab will keep you alerted to new investment properties and offers. You'll also find new friend requests to connect directly with the community to build your network. From the Property Marketplace, you'll be able to find, favorite, and make offers on investment properties. Download Connected Investors today to find, figure, fund, and flip investment properties on the go.